Do you have questions about the unknown that have never been answered? Tired of going to psychics and wishing you could develop your own intuition? Then Messages from the Other Side podcast is the answer. Weekly episodes feature psychic medium Simone Salmon, combining her gifts of storytelling and mediumship to narrate real communications with ghosts or angels and interviews with spiritual truth seekers to get the answers you need. So subscribe on Apple Podcast and Anchor FM or go to www.simonesalmon.com. The hospital room was pretty big and very cold. I don't know why hospital rooms are always so cold. Maybe someone can share if they have the same experience as I usually do whenever I'm in hospitals, but they're always freezing for some odd reason. That's what I remember most about um, being in the hospital with my younger son, Jordan. He was, I believe, in the second grade, so he's fairly young, and I had to rush him to the hospital one day. It was St. Luke's Hospital in Newburgh, Newburgh, New York. There were two small beds. Uh, Jordan was in one of the beds, and he was hooked up to a number of machines. I think he may have been around eight years old at the time, seven or eight, and I would stay in the other bed. I was there morning, noon, and night, and I had started a business, so it required my attention and my physical participation most days. But when Jordan got sick, all that went out the window. I I was in the hospital 24-7. I'm psychic medium Simone, and you're listening to Messages from the Other Side, Episode 7, Saved by an Angel. I had bought a commercial cleaning franchise. This was in 2003 when I started, and I was lucky enough that within six months I had secured a lot of business. I had generated, I was lucky enough to generate a fairly large amount of revenue in the first year and within three years the revenues had tripled because it was a cleaning franchise i had in the first year i believe i had about three or four employees and as the business grew i had more employees so when jordan got sick although i was unable to see to the business, the people I hired were capable enough to get to all of the businesses, clean them, and make sure that everything was up and running. And all the cleaning was done at night. I would basically call in and make sure in the morning that everything was done correctly. And that enabled me to stay at the hospital with Jordan. Thank goodness, if I had a regular job, I would not have been able to do that. At the time, I had resigned from both of my jobs. I quit both jobs to just focus on 
my business. I did that after speaking to my brother who at the time had been a successful young entrepreneur. Was at that time, I believe, a millionaire. My brother is younger than me and I wanted to try to achieve the same level of success that he had. And so I spoke to him about his first business and asked him. He was a franchise owner and I wanted to know what he had done to become so successful. And he told me. I asked him about his days, what it was like to work, how much work he had to put in every week. And I jumped in headfirst and did exactly what he shared with me. And he said, he, I remember he told me, you can't have a job because if you have a job while you're doing a business, you're not going to work as hard. You have to be hungry. You have to work hard. You have to not have that income coming in that that money can't exist from some other source. It has to be solely from the business. And so I did. I quit both of my jobs and started this franchise. And it was during that first year, I believe, that Jordan got really, really sick. At the time when I had two jobs before I started the business, James had expressed, James, my older son, his displeasure in having to take care of his little brother while I was working at my jobs. And I had started to miss both of them. I, I, I didn't enjoy being away from them for that many hours of the day and not being able to do their homework or see them grow up, basically. I'm just working, working, working. I wanted to find a better way to be both physically with my children, to experience them growing up, and also to make money. And my younger brother was in business and he was a successful entrepreneur. He had been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine and he was doing really well. He owned a franchise, a direct mail franchise, and he was doing really, really well. I wanted to know his secret. I wanted to know what he was doing to to be so successful. As a matter of fact, he's he is excelled in business. He has superseded all of us and is living his best life still at this very moment. And it was because of him that I quit both jobs, like I said earlier, and got a franchise. After leaving both jobs and starting a business, I was able to spend more time with my children. As a mom with growing boys in the suburbs of New York, one of my desires, as all other families, I'm sure, who have children, was to make sure that they were active in as many sports as possible. James, at the time, was already in football, and I had learned about the AAU organization for basketball. He was participating in one of the AAU teams upstate. Now, he was really good at football. Basketball, not so much. He was very aggressive. He was an aggressive player in basketball. That's what I remember. James was the type of child that other children always wanted to be around. Ever since he was little, he was the oldest among the nieces and nephews, and all the nieces and nephews loved being around him. And it stayed that way as he grew up, as he went to uh, grammar school and high school. It's just 
everybody wanted to be around James. In sports, he was the kind of kid that, I don't know, he did, he was the, the motivator sometimes, you know? He was that kid that motivated other kids. They just wanted to be around him. I remember that day when Jordan got sick. We were at one of the AAU basketball games. James was, uh, James's team was playing the Westchester AAU team. And so we were actually in Westchester at the time. And Jordan had been fine. The day before, the days before, he had not been complaining about being sick. He hadn't said anything. Jordan was a kind of child also that he was very shy. I want to say, I want to say at the time I thought it was shyness. He was very observant, but he didn't speak a lot. He wasn't like James. James was very outgoing and always talking, very talkative and gregarious. Jordan was very laid back and he still is to this day very laid back. He's not shy, but at the time I thought it was shyness. He wasn't really one to, to speak a lot, but he was very like a loving kid, always wanted to do things with me and he would be the one that I would be in the pool with. He would say, come on, mom, let's get in the pool. And he'd want to play games with me. And he was that kind of kid. Like I said, he wasn't complaining. He hadn't complained at all. I had no idea that Jordan wasn't feeling well. So we were at the basketball game and we're watching and I'm taping and I'm always the loudest mom. I think how embarrassing for my children, but I was always yelling and screaming and participating vocally at all the games. So I'm videotaping again and Jordan isn't his usual self. Usually the parents of the other team members, they would bring their younger sons also or younger daughters and Jordan would play with those children. When we went to the games, they would go sit together and Jordan would be playing with them. But Jordan wasn't doing that this particular day. He was clinging to me and he was resting his head on my lap and he said he wasn't feeling well that his chest was hurting he hadn't expressed earlier in the week or even the day before that he was feeling he wasn't feeling well i thought maybe it was something temporary maybe he had gas the gas a gas bubble in his chest and that's why his chest was hurting as the game progressed he seemed to be in more and more pain so when the game was over some of James's friends were in the car with us, actually, or they were following us. I don't remember. And I had my GPS on. I was the one who was driving in front trying to get out of Westchester, and they were following us. I believe that was why. And I wanted to make sure that we got out and got them back home first, and then I would go home and try to figure out what was going on with Jordan. He's still complaining. He's in a lot of pain. He's bent over. When we finally get to the house, I'm thinking, all right, I'll give him some tea or something hot, push the gas out, and he'll feel better. But as, it, as it's getting later and later, that's not happening. And finally, James says, Mom, I think you should take him to the hospital. I think it's something serious. And thank goodness for James, because I really would not have gone to the hospital. I would have just kept thinking that it was just gas or something. But because James had said it to me, something clicked in my head and said, wait, something, if James is noticing that he's also so sick, something is not right. And so I ended up getting in the car and rushing to St. Luke's Hospital with both Jordan and James. We'll be right back after the break. 
When I got to the hospital, I had already known ahead of time that when it comes to children, when they're very sick, typically the nurses will look at them first before the adults. And Jordan had been sick before. He had a hernia operation when he was like two and a half years old. And he was, he had chronic asthma. So it wasn't like I wasn't familiar with him being sick. It's just that this was just something brand new because he never had this type of sickness before where he was bent over in pain like this. When we got to the hospital, I expressed to the nurses that he was getting worse and worse and he wasn't feeling well and he was complaining of chest pain. So they rushed him in to get x-rays to see what was going on in his chest. I think we were waiting for maybe an hour or so. They came back and said, we have to admit him. And I'm now panicked because I'm wondering what was in the x-rays that you now believe he has to be admitted? What's wrong? Why does he need to be admitted? And they explained to me that they had never seen anything like what they saw in his x-rays. One of his lungs was completely filled with pneumonia and the other one was maybe halfway filled. And they had never before seen that in a child. And so they rushed him in and got him hooked up on all types of machines. And because of his asthma, they made sure he had the oxygen. And just, it was really a harrowing experience to see such a little boy hooked up to that many machines and them poking at him and trying to get blood. I remember they couldn't find a vein. They said that they had to go in to his artery instead. I didn't realize the significance of what they were saying to me. Okay, whatever you need to do, do it. But it was the most painful thing to see them go into an artery for this little baby. I mean, he was screaming in pain. Anyway, they finally got to draw the blood. Jordan was on the machine. I'm thinking, all right, within a day or two, we're going to be out of there. Well, two days turned into four and then seven. And I'm like, what is going on? Why, why can't they fix him? Why isn't he getting better? And I'm in there 24 seven. I think it was after the fifth day, I finally left to go take a shower. God knows I must have been reeking in there, but I left to take a shower. I remember I dropped James home. I believe it was the second day. He stayed with me the first day. I dropped him home so that he could get to school the following day. And I would call him when he got home and tell him what to do. And I would either order food or go pick him up and get back to the hospital. I informed Jordan's school that he was in the hospital. And all of his classmates wrote cards for him. And his teacher came and visited, I believe, after like seven days, she came in and she bought all these beautiful cards and flowers for Jordan. I think I finally told my sister and she must have told my parents or I might've told my dad. I don't really recall because I was just, it's, it was almost as if I was living in slow motion during those days when Jordan was in the hospital because I didn't understand why he wasn't getting better. They told me that he was getting worse and that because they had never, ever seen anything like this, the doctors, they had never before had to deal with anything like that. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to make him better. And I was freaking, I was panicking. 
So we were there almost two weeks. I go to sleep in the hospital bed next to Jordan's. I believe the doctor came in. They tell me that they're going to move him to Westchester Medical. I don't even know how to explain to you the panic that I am now experiencing because the only other memory I have of Westchester Medical was my children's grandfather, their father's father, having to be rushed to Westchester Medical and discovering that he had a aneurysm and he died there. So I'm, I associate death with Westchester Medical. I associate that this is the last place someone goes when they are in dire medical need. And typically they don't come back. They die there. This is my rationalization when I think of Westchester Medical. And topping that off with they don't know what to do with my kid, the doctors, because they have never, ever experienced this before. And so I'm panicked. And I think I called my mom and I told her what was going on. And I had not cried the whole time that I had been there. But I remember now crying because I realized how really, really sick Jordan is. His father's mother and aunt had come up to visit and I broke down and was telling them what was going on. That evening, I I go to sleep and when I wake up in the morning, Jordan tells me that he had this dream. He's telling me about the dream and he said, Mom, an angel came to me in my dream. Now, I had never spoken to Jordan about angels. We didn't go to church. And I must let you know that I actually grew up in the church. When I was growing up, when I was Jordan's age, we were in church almost every day. That's how church we were, okay? My grandmother was in church all the time. And and I loved church. I grew up in Jamaica, West Indies, and that was a big part of our life. I was saved in the church. I was in all of the year-end Christmas plays. I was an actress in the Christmas plays at eight. I started at eight, and every year after that, I had a big part in the Christmas plays. We did youth Bible school, and everything that went on in the church, our family participated in. But when I came here, when I came to the U.S., I very rarely went to church. I believe I went a couple times with my cousin, I didn't like the fakeness, people going and all they're really interested in and is getting dressed up to go to church and talking about other people. Just just a lot of hypocrisy that I didn't want to participate in. And so I didn't really push that on my kids. I didn't, I felt like if they wanted to go to church, then that would be a choice that they would make. And I would, of course, whatever it is that they wanted to do, I would be supportive. Now, my children's father's grandmother was a big church person, and she took them to church whenever they stayed over with her. But again, that's a whole different type of story that I will share with you. In any event, Jordan woke up and he says that he had this dream of an angel. And I'm saying that this is the day after the doctors have come to me and let me know that he has to go to Westchester Medical. And I'm listening intently because he doesn't know about angels. As far as I know, I've never discussed angels with him. So if he's telling me he had a dream about an angel, I'm actually believing he saw an angel. And he tells me the name of the angel, St. Anthony. He says St. Anthony came to him 
and showed him this, I think he had described it as a, a field of green grass and he held his hand. He was just describing his dream to me and I'm listening and I, I said, okay, there's a reason in my head. Now I'm thinking there's a reason that this angel came to my child that night the night after the doctors have told me that they're going to move him to Westchester Medical. I call his grandmother, his father's mother, and I told her what Jordan had shared with me. She was a big Catholic church person at the time. And she said to me, okay, what you need to do is you need to go to the church and light a candle to this saint, to this angel, and you're going to light it to St. Anthony. And you're going to ask St. Anthony to watch over Jordan and to please get Jordan healthy. So I left and I told Jordan, Jordan, I'm going to go to the church and I'm going to pray to St. Anthony since he appeared to you and I'm going to ask him to get you better. And he says, okay, mom. And so I went to the church in Washingtonville that was down the road from where I lived. I went to the church right there on Main Street in Washingtonville. I went in and I lit a candle and I just bawled. I was bawling and praying to St. Anthony, telling him, please, please get Jordan better. Please. I don't want him to go to Westchester Medical. I want him to be better. Please save my son from this illness. I don't want my, my baby to leave me. After I prayed to St. Anthony, I went back to the hospital I sat with Jordan and held his hand and I prayed again. And that night we went to sleep. I prayed again. Please, Lord, don't let anything happen to my son. I want him to be better. The next morning, Jordan woke up. And all this time that he was in the hospital, two weeks, Jordan hadn't been able to sit up. He had been on the machines, like I told you, all hooked up to him. He was also being monitored for his asthma. That morning, however, Jordan sat up in the bed. I remember just looking at him. The nurses came in, and he did this big <coughs> cough. All of a sudden, Jordan looked better. Jordan was... I don't know how to explain it. Like there was that light in his eyes and that healthy look that he hadn't had for two weeks. It was there again. The doctors did some chest x-rays again and his lungs were fully clear. Now remember the day before they had been doing x-rays on him periodically. And the day before when they had done the x-ray, he had gotten worse. They no longer had any confidence that they were going to be able to to get him better. And they didn't have the type of equipment or service that he needed. They didn't have the skill to help facilitate him getting any better at this hospital, St. Luke's. And Jordan wakes up this day coughs and all of a sudden his pneumonia is gone from both of his lungs 
Who's going to tell me that it's not St. Anthony that made this happen? That my praying to St. Anthony, Jordan's angel, Jordan's guardian angel who came to him in his dream. And Jordan then tells me and I end up going to a church praying, lighting a candle and asking that he save my son. And the next day he is 100% healthy. That's serious angel shit happening. Okay. We were out of the hospital within 24 hours. After being there for two weeks, within 24 hours of Jordan's dream of his guardian angel, we were home. Jordan was fine after that. As a matter of fact, he did not get as many asthma attacks after that. We would sometimes have to go to the hospital when he had an asthma attack so they could get him on oxygen and steroids. For some reason, after he had that pneumonia episode that almost took his life, his asthma never got as bad as it did before. Jordan never had to be on a nebulizer as often as he once needed to be. He got better and better and stronger and stronger after that angel appeared to him. I know that he was visited by an angel. I know that Jordan got better because of St. Anthony. Thanks for listening in. Do remember to stop by so you can hear next week's episode. I look forward to hearing from you and your voice messages and your emails. Thanks again. This is Psychic Medium Simone, and you've been listening to Messages from the Other Side.